Your father only does that because he was worried about your future. <laughs> yeah, it's Marcus. very hard to picture. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. Welcome to One Fucking Hour, uh, the show where we talk about one movie for one fucking hour. I am uh, Evan Husney, of course, and we are joined by a couple of folks here. First off, we got Tom Fitzgerald. Tom? Life on the left side. What's up? <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. And uh, I'll always here, uh, straight to my right, we got Mr. Marcus Herring. Marcus, what's going on, man? Aloha. Oh, Ooh. that works. That means hello nice. and like goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? It's, I just it's think a, of the Cameron Crowe movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shalom. It means hello and does shalom mean goodbye? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. I don't um, know. Hmm. Not sure <laughs> about that. Unqualified. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. Uh, but we also have returning. This week, uh, she was uh, back on from our bad timing episode. Welcome back to the show, Miss Ramy Bennett. How you doing, Ramy? Welcome. I'm, I'm doing good. Back for another sick, sick movie. Yeah, <laughs> when the sick <laughs> films uh, definitely require right. you. Yeah, you're on the sick yes. film hotline for us, so mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, everybody. So we the day this episode airs, September 12th. That is my birthday, everybody. So you are listening to this on my birthday. Awesome. Wow, you dodged a and you dodged a bullet by one day for your <laughs> birthday where it landed. I did. Oh my god, yeah. like literally. Yeah. I did, nice I one. did. So well, here we go. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Because yeah. we are here, episode thirty-nine. Uh uh I pick and hate. We have the rules here on one fucking hour. What are they, Tom? Uh you get to pick whatever damn movie you want. And we started a tradition. And uh, this one caps for the three of us. Uh, you know, I did Cracking Up earlier in the year, and uh, Marcus did uh, Star Space Wars. Wars? Star Wars. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> Never remember that. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> he did Space Wars, and, um, and now this is the third and final of the year, and we're going to continue this, I suppose. But, yeah, the, the, the rule is there are no rules. Exactly. Like, like Marcus and I could despise this film. You you guys mm -hmm. could despise my movie coming up. So <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, exactly. So for this week, I picked a personal favorite. Uh, this movie, we are for episode 39, we're looking at the film, the Canadian horror film Pin, A Plastic Nightmare from 1988. Um, <laughs> another, another movie with a su colon subtitle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like bad timing, a plastic nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or pin, a sensual obsession. <laughs> ah, that works, actually. Works. Works. That actually fits very, very well. So, yes, here we are. We're talking about pin. Uh, all right, everybody. So uh, get ready. Um, if you have get not ready. seen this movie, I still think this episode is going to work for you. It's a hard movie to see. It's not available anywhere. But maybe if you want to follow us at... Um, one fucking hour on Instagram or at numeral one fucking hour on Twitter. DM us. Maybe we'll have something for you on the side there. We'll hook you up. We'll hook you up. So, all right. 
uh, enough of that nonsense. I'm going to start this clock, and we're going to get into this. This will, this should oh, be interesting. Brother. This should be really interesting. Yeah. So Let the games begin. <laughs> oh, here, yeah. here we go. All right, everybody. Little backstory on the movie. This because you're definitely going to need this synopsis. All right. Pin is the 1988, very Canadian horror film, based on a novel by the uh, incest-obsessed novelist Andrew Niederman. Uh, which can you sent- slow down? Wait, sorry. <laughs> what are you saying? Incest-obsessed. Like no, 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 you're saying the writer of this film <laughs> the, is obsessed. The book. Yes, the novelist. The, the, this, no, this film, okay. This film is based on a book. Uh, that we're going to get into tonight, that uh, if you thought Pin was fucked up, wait till you hear about the source material. So it is based on a novel by uh, Mr. Andrew Niederman, um, which centers on, get this, an absolutely fucking terrifying translucent medical dummy named Pin, which you find out is short for Pinocchio. Um, and it's at the... Uh, yeah, there you go. Yes, there you go. It's yeah, at the... Yeah. And uh, which is at the core of a fracturing dysfunctional family unit. And in what I am calling one of the wrongest movies ever made, this bone-chilling dummy (laughs) is also the catalytic force in deadly power games of sexual repression and paranoid schizophrenic episodes. So (laughs) really rolls off the tongue, man. (laughs) Can I ask, I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but, or maybe (laughs) Remy has this, but, uh, I'm I'm already hooked. Like <laughs> is, no, no no well I'm what I'm saying like um the novel was it sort of a VC Andrews kind of like Exactly. It was exactly. kind of a, a, a pulpy fiction like Exactly. A, like is a it, like young adult fiction kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more later. There's yeah, we'll reason. talk later. It's cool. Cuz I'm I'm not really getting this at all like We will. Yeah. No, yeah, there's we a, will. We're going to There's a big there's a big backstory. There's a big okay. chunky backstory. VC Andrews hybrid there is. He actually became the ghostwriter for VC Andrews, but we'll get into that. Okay. okay. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, there you geez, go. Geez, come on. It's just NPR. Little little teaser yeah. for later, everybody. If you're a fan, he was uh, on okay. MSNBC last week. It's insane. Yeah, I think it was just revealed like who the ghostwriter was, right? That's so, right. They uh, just yeah. Oh yeah. shoot! Big pin reveal. Got, so we'll get into so, it. We'll we get got into it. it. Let me just at the top. I, I I feel like I have to explain myself for anybody. Who's watching this is like, why the fuck is this my birthday pick out of all the movies in that you could possibly pick? Um, just real quick, you know, when I saw this movie, I was on a tear of watching a lot of Canadian movies, okay? Uh, a lot of Canadian films from the 70s and 80s. I was really fascinated with, we talked about this in our episode on The Brood, on the one fucking hour on Cronenberg's The Brood. We talked about the Canadian tax shelter and how that's just a really fascinating time in filmmaking where you sort of so had great. this... 100% tax write-offs for it doesn't matter what it is, you know, type of movies. Movies made for no one, sometimes movies that would be permanently put on the shelf. It was just this time period in world cinema where the weirdest shit could get made and, you know, there might not yeah. even be an audience for it, right? Well, like we say, just just real succinctly, like, it's, a, it's the only films ever made that didn't have the marketplace in mind. Right. You know? Right. So, so you're going to get some really sideways films here because the genesis is not, you know, backers who want to get their money, like, you know, the investments, you know, like quadruple, you know, it's find like, an audience or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Not about it's that at like, all. It just yeah. kind of happens. Right. Movie. 
Exactly, okay. exactly. So I was really fascinated by that because here you have this whole world of English language movies that are just, you know, across the border <laughs> into Canada. And it just seems like this kind of bizarre alternate universe. Um, and there is kind of a weird, right. just, I don't know, bizarre quality a lot of these Canadian films have. We've talked about it before. Um, and so this movie, when I saw it, my jaw hit the fucking floor because as we'll get into with this movie, it is very perverse, it's very wrong, and it has this kind of insane escalation. Like It kind of starts pretty innocently. Like The beginning of the movie, you might even think you're watching some sort of like Nickelodeon kind of uh, you know made-for-kids horror, like very Goosebumpsian, if you will, right. you know, type of horror Goonies. movies. Goonies, boonies, and then, mm. um, and then as you get from scene to scene to scene, this movie just starts getting ramping up the insanity and the perverse uh, con- concepts here, and that to me just made it. Uh, it actually for me made it um, an incredible movie to bust out on a movie night. You know, you have friends over, you want to pull yeah. it off the top shelf weirdness. I got something you've never fucking heard of, you've never seen, and it right. plays really well. One of the first times we hung out. That's right. Oh, we get, yeah. we're gonna get, get go. into that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it just is one of these movies where I wouldn't show it to anybody you necessarily want to impress, uh, you know, <laughs> like a date or something. But I would recommend it in depends. terms of it depends. You're right. It depends. It's pretty fucked up. But I I, I think just having friends together wanting to you know discover something really truly insane and and i can say this and you can't say this for a lot of movies where you have no idea where this fucking movie is going scene to scene you know and and that just was what makes it super super fun to watch so it's always been part of my movie night arsenal um and Mm. you know and it's kind of just been part of that something i've always loved to bust out from time to time but i think um you know and then Raimi, i mean you, you, you got to sort of talk about your origin story with this because your origin story with this is also semi, uh, you know, our friendship is sort of rooted in, you know, this movie oh. <laughs> as well, too. Yeah. I, I So like we were talking about Flowers in the Attic, I grew up loving those movies, loving that just bizarre, super taboo, transgressive. But this kind of like, I don't know if you guys will get this reference, but the, like Laura Ashley what I call like Laura Ashley horror. So Laura Ashley was a designer in the eighties who did all, all that like sort of Martha Stewart kind of puffy sleeve prairie oh, dress. I know exactly wearing. what you're talking and about. And you have the, the <laughs> bedspread. A lot of the, a, a lot of the facts of life girls rock that. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, floral bedding. Like Blair, Blair. the facts of life. Yeah. And you have the high collar and they're wearing like sort of a sun hat. It's kind of Victorian, you know? So it's like, it's almost like this waspy, yuppie, extreme kind of aesthetic that developed at that time. And this is sort of like the ultimate subversion of that beautiful, mm-hmm. really overly kind of like sickeningly sweet flowered wallpaper with the flowered, you know, bedspread and stuff. So I just, that, cause as a, you know, as a kid, that aesthetic sort of fascinated me. And then this is like, yeah, the dark, the dark side of that. So that, that's sort of like where my love of that, and as a kid also being into the weird sexual stuff, you know. Wait, you guys saw <laughs> it independently. <laughs> no, but I'm just trying to plot this out. Like you both individually saw this. Yeah, separately. But we're, really, but we're also j- jazzed about it. Like yes. you're both like, man. So and you're before, like, before I met awesome. him, I was with a friend. We were in Joshua Tree together. And she was like, oh, I have a hard drive, a thumb drive of 
friend, this friend of mine, this guy, put these movies on this thumb yeah. drive for me so we could watch them or I could watch them on vacation. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh my God, what movies? Let me check it out. And I was like, Pin? Who is this? Who is this? I was like, And I not go, because you were curious, but you were like, oh, Pin, I'm about Pin. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because, I, because I was cool. so into that movie and I was like, I need Great. to meet this guy. I love that. Who the fuck is this guy? And then I met yeah, him and yeah, became yeah. friends and all that. Wow. So Pin, so you didn't meet in the Facebook thing. chat room? No, not in the chat room. Like a pin chat room, uh, a pin Reddit. So you're saying it was the guy who put it on the hard drive was Evan. Was Evan? Yes. And pin oh. this together. So, yeah. so oh, Evan was responsible Evan. for seeding this movie around. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I was. <laughs> no, 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 I, yeah. no, no. It's no, it's well, not in, not in Remy's case. No, I had what? seen it before, but I was oh, so, okay. I was so like impressed. That's what I'm saying. I was yeah. like impressed that this person had was into pin. Right. I was like, I gotta right. talk. We gotta talk, you know. But like, let's but talk pin, yo. Pin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was That's also great. that awesome. you know her friend, her friend. I was, I was, I, I was trying to you know show her pin, you know. So I, I am still. You're, we're kind of both right, you know. I was, yeah. I was kind of the yeah. pin dealer on one end. And Johnny then Apple pin. <laughs> Johnny yeah. Apple pin. Right. I'm a total pinhead, you know. So it's like, uh, you know. Total pin. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I just, you know, so I, I think we should definitely get into just a little bit about what this movie is actually about or the setup for the movie. But I, I'm, I'm so curious. I know it's my birthday movie. Please don't hold back, guys. Birthday movie. Let's, let's start with Marcus. Marcus, what's your reaction to seeing Pin? <laughs> if I didn't start with me. <laughs> Marcus, go. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be like one of those things where I've seen it. I saw it before a few years ago, and I was kind of like, eh. And then you, I found out you are such a big fan of it. So I, when I was watching it this time, I was trying to watch it with fresh eyes. And I feel like by the end of this podcast, looking at how long Ramy's notes were and for <laughs> your uh, enthusiasm for it, I, I have a feeling that by the end of this podcast, I'm going to be a bigger fan of pin than I was when we started it. And then that's, that's how it was for all the, all the marbles too. If you remember with Lars, that's true. So Not for me. I, I think, I think, it, <laughs> I think we might expand on it, but um, that line. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like, uh, tropes. It feels like a Frankenstein of tropes in a way, you know, like, and, um, yeah. So it doesn't feel like, I think it's a pretty good, you know, it's 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 a chill horror movie compared to like some of the this year in '88 horror movies. I think, mm-hmm. but um, it's kind of I mean, it just feels like so many tropes kind of jam packed together that that was kind of off putting to me initially. It was just like, well, oh, another trope like the you know the ventriloquist dummy, the 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 yeah. Norman Bates type guy, the you know yeah. like that. There's all these kind of things. The 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 parents that are too harsh, you know, like the plat. There's just a lot of like. I don't want to say trite, but there's just a lot of just well, those things kind of just mashed together, and that that does impact my um I don't think my initial reading of it. I don't think like you know it wouldn't be my intention to be like hey let's watch Pin and take it as like a serious or as a good movie right. you know because I'm never yeah. gonna say it's a good movie. This is a ultimate <laughs> yes. curio, you know. This is oh, a right. an odd duck that exists. On a, you know, yeah. this is a weird Canadian slice of I mean, bizarreness yeah. here. We did I'm glad we're getting out of the way. You know. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, no way. I mean, I like this because it's insane and wrong it's and insane. perverse and what the fuck. You know, yeah. it's it's a movie yeah, night I movie. Agree. It's not like we're not talking about, um, you know, like a straight time here or anything. Yeah, but, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. 
So just so so now we're all in the safe zone with that, um, and 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 this is a perfect segue to this is a perfect segue to just you know a little bit about what the setup to the movie is because like I said, the movie opens with this very sort of like you know, yeah you you feel like you're sitting in to watch some sort of like you know kids h- horror movie with these kids yeah. looking up and seeing if they're gonna crawl up at the top of this house and oh. then they get scared and they see you know pin almost like and they Stand hear. by Me kind of yeah thing. yeah. It's something that just seems totally innocuous. But then the movie starts to get a little weird because we're introduced to this father figure played by Terry O'Quinn, who, um, you know, is a good actor and, you know, he's awesome in The Stepfather yeah. and fucking totally. Terry O'Quinn, right? Oh, guilt, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so we're, we're introduced stepfather. to... Totally, <laughs> I know. yeah. And so we're introduced to him as this, you know, pediatrician... But he also has this gimmick with the kids, his kid patients, that he's a ventriloquist. So he uses this medical dummy pin as a way to sort of show the kids, like, you know, here's where your liver is and here's where your spleen is, you know. Anyway, we shouldn't be having this conversation. You know, the doctor doesn't like me talking to anyone when he's not here. You won't tell him. You go out to the waiting room now. And so that's you know weird and awkward but then it, it introduces the character of leon this little kid who you see age progress throughout this entire film the second leon's my favorite by the way i know the doctor doesn't like me talking to him he's not here but couldn't i do it just this once i don't have any other friends to talk to except you this movie takes a hard turn Okay, at like the 15 minute mark, I think I want to say. And I have the scene queued up here if we can just take a look at this. Oh, this, we're playing scenes again. We're, we're, we're back to scenes. This is um, this is that moment where you realize, okay, this movie is maybe not for children at all. And uh, that's the scene here when... <laughs> maybe too late, even. Yeah, <laughs> maybe too late. But here's a, here's a scene where Leon, the son of the ventriloquist uh, pediatrician, uh, comes in to try and speak to Pin when his father's not around, but he notices and catches one of his father's colleagues um, <laughs> lurking about. Right. So, and first off, man, the design of Pin is pretty freaky. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta give me that. It's one of the great, like, <laughs> like figures of horror, you know? And then obviously we realize that that pin. Yep. Uh. Have your eyes. <laughs> His reaction's great. It's not curiosity. It's just more like oh. abject horror. Like, no. <laughs> oh, That's hot. That's my reaction. It's his. Yeah. So you know he has. A twisted introduction to sexuality. Yeah, the look of Pin is so disconcerting. I'm sorry. Like that's the part. That's the first thing that uh, the first issue I have is is he's so hard to look at. He's scary looking. Yeah. He's very scary. And to think that he's sitting in this doctor's office, everyone else is kind of creeped out by him, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the sister and then the mom. Uh, everyone yeah. else who meets Pin, the little boy that's of course infatuated with him. The dad likes him. The nurse obviously likes him. But it's like, uh, it's just so weird to think. I have a hard time getting past that that thing is sitting in a doctor's office, like in a normal. Yeah, with like um, usable joints. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. I guess if, uh, I know you didn't ask, but I'll tell you what my thoughts are. Um, Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. um, No, sorry. It's just, 
it, this has a strange place for me, and it's a slightly interesting one to me, at least. Now, okay, so it's like 1989 or 1990, and I'm getting stupid into like really messed up movies. Like me and my friend are starting to take this seriously and ordering movies from gray market guys in the back of Psychotronic Video. Yeah, like BJ Link presents and like <laughs> you know this is America. So we had so immediately so immediately we had a very hardcore taste, mm. and so my point is, Pin got started talking about uh, as a, an exception to modern films that you could place Pin in a class with classic 70s garbage like um if you know that movie the psychopath with mr rabby oh yeah you know like the, oh yeah right and and uh you know and on and on the love butcher was a big hit mm -hmm. for me if you know that mm -hmm. 1975 so i just I, I remember you know i would um go to video stores and i would dub the movies and return them so that's how i had my cheap way of building a collection at the time because i was broke but i'll tell you there's a tape i probably still have in storage that says pin and like something else wow. on it. So, so what wow. I'm saying is, and because of its good word of mouth amongst all us weirdos, was like it elevated itself to like, hear me out. It's 1988, but it's of value. It fits right next to you know um, all these fucked up movies you're watching. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm cool. saying. Yeah, yeah. So 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 I, so I didn't see it, but I was just like respect, and I grabbed it, and I saw it once then, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good shit. And there's a few others, and I just. Um, Sunny Boy is another one. Not to oh, get yeah. sidetracked. Totally. Okay, if you're familiar. Yeah. Dave, uh, so we Carradine, were, uh, Keith, uh, David right, Carradine. Yeah. Right? All yeah. I'm saying is we were big snobs and we were living hard in like 1973. And so this movie transcended that. And I liked it, but I never watched it again. And side note, side note is when I was a little kid, I wanted Earthquake Tower, which was this cool toy for, for Christmas. I wanted this thing where you press a button and you play a 45 record. And it's people screaming. It's on YouTube, and go like, "Oh, oh my God!" And like, it's and you sh press the button, and it shakes things off the tower. Ooh. And my mom did not get that for me. Oh, I was bummer. upset. But guess what? She did get me was the visible man. man. Oh. Yeah. Hold on, hold, hold on. She got me the visible woman. I love oh. it. Oh. And because she was like, "I want you to learn," and I was like, "God damn it!" But a part of me knew like. Oh, I know what she's doing, and I'm like, this is actually kind of dope and weird looking. And so I yeah. got very fascinated. It was yeah, so small. It wasn't. I, I had her too. I loved her. This will be woman, motherfucker. Yeah, my dad got me the Invisible Woman. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I, I had an Invisible Man. Yeah, yeah. And I so didn't play cool. with it a lot. Yeah. Holy shit! I, yeah. uh, I didn't know yeah. that. That is interesting though, because it is like that. Yeah, the clear you guys all had pins and the anatomical <laughs> pins. <laughs> pins. And you're Did getting alert. Talk. Did yours talk? Right? It, Yours a little bit, you? yeah. <laughs> told me to kill, kill my neighbor. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. So um, too, anyway, yeah. so there's that. But my impression of the film, because I watched it just last night, and I don't remember seeing it the first time, because I was too busy watching the pig fucking movie from 1975. You know, but I, you know, but I watched it last night, and um, sorry about the f word, but uh, <laughs> I liked it. It's just I was I was vacillating between, and I think the film is vacillating between two things really innovative and pretty special. It's got some big Canada sauce dripped all over it. Oh but yeah. It vacillates from that to sort of like, here's my card, here's my demo for Hollywood. Yeah. It feels a little <laughs> cynical, which I don't yeah. even know if that's a yeah. bad thing, but it felt, no. it felt like a little bit like, um, like here you go producers, like uh, I can make real movies, you know, um, yeah. even up here in Canada. So it just felt a little mechanical in that they all sense kind of that. sometimes. Yeah. 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 That's, I don't even know if I mind that or anything, but right. it, um, 
there well, was some formula except to it. And the, the, my main thing was I just watched Magic, like very recently. Oh, I love Magic. Anthony Hopkins, 1978 film. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, one of the best. And I almost knew, because the twist, I like being, oh, sorry, I like Magic a lot. But uh, it, it's one of the dumbest twist endings ever. Uh, spoiler alert, hardcore, I'm sorry, this is my point, is um, I was waiting for this film, Pin, to end like Magic with kind of a very groanable, like shock twist ending. Because Magic ends where like uh, his girlfriend, he's dead, Anthony Hopkins, the ventriloquist. And like, uh, it's like, what now? And, and like uh, his girlfriend, and margaret looks to the dummy, and she starts talking like the dummy. And, just, and, you know, and it's like slow motion and like the dummy's like laughing or something. And I'm like, that's so bad. That's just not good. The film is pretty subtle. So, you know, right. the movie I saw, uh, the coming a mile away, kind of like, now she's got it too, you know, and it's like, I don't know. It, it like, and he hits it hard, the ending. And it's the, it's the face of the brother. And I'm like, Okay, you know. Let me let like, me let me just get yeah. back to the movie real quick if we can. I feel like just to just to come back yeah, to done. just to come back to the clip uh that we played about the movie. Rami, you want to tag yeah. you in here too because obviously oh, sure. it's one of the first like holy shit wrong twisted ass moments of this movie where you realize that oh my god this this is what this movie's going to be about. Here you have Leon, it's a guy his brain, you know, splits in two here and seeing this nurse have sex with Pin. You know, it personifies Pin, it's his introduction to sexuality and um and it's just it's absolutely crazy, but I don't know, should we open the door into what the source material is this now or how do how do you want to play this? Should we talk should I talk a little bit about that now? Dude, we only got an hour. Okay. Yep. So so yeah, I, I think like the source giving giving the source material some a spotlight kind of gives you more of an understanding of where the director is coming from with like why he made this film. Um, the director was a, a doctor. He was a physician and he had a director, <laughs> the director, just oh to start with it. Very, very strange. Okay. He was a physician, went through medical school during medical school. He would like write scripts on the side. He had a private practice in Toronto. And while he was, practicing as a doctor he would um send stuff to the canadian broadcasting corporation and he would he would get stuff made like little you know little sketches here and there and get the little made. lifetime kind um, of things yeah kind of. yeah i like yeah. It. and then he ended up reading a book by andrew niderman called pin and andrew niderman to like explain a little deeper into who this dude was he was like one of those extremely prolific paperback horror writers right so like he if you any of those amazing covers with the thousands at the drugstores with the shiny covers like he was the, he is that guy if you if you look oh like God, the covers with the die cut yes yeah you and know when you open the best the paper and i don't know like when, when i yeah, yeah. And when i was a kid in the 80s and early 90s i would be at the drugstore with my mom and that would be on that spinny thing you know and you would i would always look at inside the horror covers and it's a little girl sitting on someone's lap and then it's a skeleton with she has blonde hair. Right. It was just like I was obsessed with that shit. So so Andrew Niderman right. is the king of that, right? right. And so he wrote, he's American. Is he or can he's a, he's he's from New York. He's American. Yep. Okay. Um and so Pin was in the series of all of these books. He wrote like a book called Child's Play, a, a book called like Teacher's Pet. They're all that similar. Pin was very, very similar to Flowers in the Attic, right? The V.C. Andrews book. In 1986, when V.C. Andrews died, he took over, as we said before, as the ghostwriter for Flowers. Flowers so cool. And he wrote like 80 
goddamn like he wrote like an insane he, he's written about like 130 books but it's he crazy. wrote like an insane amount of these flowers books and no one knew it was him behind the scenes but he got the job partially because pin is so similar thematically to flowers in the attic so it's like you know it has like the scolding mother it has like the blonde oh, yeah. children it has the the incestual undertones but what's also really weird about these books which intrigued me is like they're meant for teenage girls kind of you know yeah so exclusively really they're for adolescent teenage girls they're written from the perspective of teenage girls normally mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. it honestly is like a very subversive taboo sexual yeah. awakening like sort of thing Medium. like we're yeah girls would like go to the library and be like, oh my God, stuff it in your backpack. Like I got flowers in the attic. I got pin and you know, you're reading it. And I got you're like, oh, you know, it's crazy. And it, it's crazy shit, but it's like, and there's a lot of that weird sibling incest stuff. And oh, it, yeah. it's basically like when you read it, it's soft core porn. Like it's yeah, really, for it's kids, like porn yeah. for children. It's Absolutely. a really yeah. erotica for children. Yeah. And I actually, I actually reread yeah. the book today. Like I sped read it. Today. She read the entire book oh. today. So uh, because because yeah. I was like I had read I you know read bits and pieces and I have a copy but it's at my house I couldn't I had no access to it today so I just read the whole thing I got a PDF of it right. and I was like getting a little I was like blushing like I was like this is insane so in the book oh, the whole man. thing is so much more explicitly sexual like so much more insane. everything about Pin is about the way that he's being awakened to sex the shame he feels do you have any questions before I continue every single person of an age if they're normal they do any more questions all right let's begin with the male sexual apparatus the nurse thing doesn't happen in the book what the, actually oh. is happening is that, like, the the sister is basically having simulated sex with pin when she's a child Jeez. and Ugh. and the but the right. tone of the, but the okay. tone of the book is very like we're gonna get uh <laughs> I'm we're gonna get, sorry. I'm sorry okay we're gonna get banned <laughs> okay but anyway so, but, but that's we're gonna get pinned and so like it right off the bat like it's like you're like okay this is like the way they were introduced to sex and like the scene where he's like looking in the doctor's office in the book is his father giving like a little girl a gynecological exam? All right. Okay. okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. Really, this never get aired. You know. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. So anyway, it goes on and on. And, um, wow. Though. No. When, I'm kidding. When you said VC, uh, Andrew, you're saying that Pin. I gotta read that. You said that Pin <laughs> got him the job. That's what you're saying, right? To be go VC Andrews for Ghostwriter? I don't think so. Yes. It was just another book. Well, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. What did you was say? Was Pin a hit? I'm confused. No, wait, wait, I don't one, think. My question first. Sorry. So, sorry, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> you said Pin? Yes. He wrote Pin, and that helped him get the job of writing for VC Andrews? Yes. Okay, because my mind was going to, you know, weird, when you brought that up, I didn't know that detail, and that was the, that he was the Ghostwriter, but I did hear that interview recently on um, NPR, like when it was revealed that he was the uh, Ghostwriter. Yeah. And, um, I, I know it's weird. It's like she's all BC Andrews was, was in a wheelchair. My yes. mind was going to like pins in a wheelchair. He's oh. a dummy. She, he's she's like a puppet. He's the ghostwriter. You know, like Leon's doing pins voice. The doctor is a truly scientific man. I don't think morality will affect his attitude. You made a mistake and it must be rectified.
you know, but she's oh, the most. That's wow. where my head was oh, going Marcus. with this stuff. Oh, my God. But interesting you said that, Marcus, oh. because I was just reading an interview with him, and he said, this is very Stephen King, too, like the dark half, but he said that he felt like he was possessed while he was writing the the Flowers <laughs> in the Attics books because he had two desks that he'd set up. One was for Andrew Niderman's books. The other desk was for the V.C. Andrews books. Wow. And he would, wow. like, turn and, like, face a different direction in the room, and he, he was like, you Take know. a step back just yeah. uh, for me because I don't, well, I just do not have any navigation on any of this. I never read VC Andrews. I'm familiar with it. Let me re, let me say this to see if I'm getting any of this right. Okay. VC Andrews was real, was a woman. She wrote books and they were popular. Yes. And they were the gothic kind of like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, adolescent sexuality. Okay. Yes. And then, and then this guy was writing books too. And Pin was a book, but it wasn't like, it didn't like make his career, did it? No. Was it? Big was it distinguished other than that wound up being a film? No, it wasn't. It was just he oh. like was like just these were he was big. He's cranking them out. Okay, so he wrote the Devil's Advocate though. By the way, sorry. He did. Oh, that was a big hit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm almost done. So just like yeah. now, VC Andrews does pass away in 1986, and then and then this guy takes over as VC Andrews. Yes. And the Flowers in the Attic books by VC Andrews, quote unquote, were not written when VC Andrews was alive, so they weren't written by VC Andrews, but instead came out only after VC Andrews, the real writer dies, and they're all done so by this guy. they're not exclusively all written by him. There was he continued okay. the franchise. He continued yes. the franchise. Thank you. That yeah. confused me. It's Sorry. Like, okay. He, he continued. Locked down. We only went out. Okay. He secretly yeah. took over the franchise. So, um, but, but the franchise. But he, he said, you know, it's, it's just interesting because I was very fixated with all these themes. He also dedicated pin to his sister the dedication oh, says to my sister because we hear the same voices oh you stop it god <laughs> these guys yeah. are all psychos sickos and psychos and sickos that, that, that's what that's what it says so so yeah it's interesting as you go through the you know as you go through the film yeah. you know also like the amazing you know the, the movie is 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 not as dark as as the book right exactly no. it's, and it's and not as sexually taboo so right. can i can i wow. please if i can yeah. to get back to the film uh instead yes. of one fucking hour in flowers Crazy. in the attic. Um, the uh, <laughs> so uh, pin the movie we chose for my birthday. Uh, so uh, anyway, um, the uh, this is what's really interesting because I think this dovetails back into talking about the movie is um, the director Sandor Stern, Sandy Stern. That's what his friends call him. Sandy, Sandy. he reads this galley of pin right, and he's yes. like, "It's a great story. It's a horror." I don't know what the fuck he read, okay? Because if you listen to the audio commentary track that was on the Anchor Bay DVD, this guy has no idea the themes, uh, unless he's just disregarding those scenes really? of heavy, heavy, <laughs> insane, twisted incest and twisted. What What did he think shit. the book was about then? I, well, he thinks, oh, mental it's an illness. interesting, interesting study into mental illness, you know. Where in the hell did these things come from? Mother? Father? From Penn? You're the best friend you've ever had. And for you to treat him the way you just did. The way absence he came here is goddamn cruel. Which that's like a sub- chapter you know that is a that is a a b b or c story here into this incredibly really really twisted story about this medical dummy you know that 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 spawns that's the center of this incestuous family here um so 
anyway, so uh, it's interesting to hear him talk about that. And of course, you know, talking about movies from 1988, 1989, these sort of made-for-TV lifetime movie. Because this, this movie has that aesthetic. It has that kind of lifetime yeah, totally. sort of made-for-TV movie thing. It's it's actually very Tubi. You know, if you're watching movies on Tubi, it kind of <laughs> yeah. looks like that. Yeah. It's, it's um, also a little of like the Amityville, 90s Amityville movies. Totally. He, he wrote that screenplay. He did. Sit. He wrote of that what? screenplay. Sandor he, did. he was the screenwriter. Sandor. Sandor. The director. Of, the, of the original first? The original. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Isn't Jesus. that weird? So let's 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 um let's just get back into it just a little bit about this movie. Cause so 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 um so Pin fucked up medical dummy. The kid the, the, the kid goes down, you know, completely his his brain cracks, and obviously for him, um, you know, Pin is a is a real life person. Stan. I'd like you to meet Pin. Hello, Stan. It's nice to meet you, Pin. And that's the way it's treated to uh, him and the rest of the film as we see him age through high school and different iterations of him growing up. And this movie, as demented as crazy as it is, it does have these great little fun, you know, uh, moments of, of just more lighthearted moments of what the fuck, you know, in this, that are not hard, <laughs> hardcore punishing. It does like, and, and sort of my favorite is when the kid, uh, when the same kid, the same age, we saw the previous scene when, um, pin gets his sister a gift. It's my favorite Canadian line from the entire movie. And it's, uh, let's see what pin gotcha. The one with the blue paper. Let's see what pin gotcha. <laughs> Uh, and so you see this nice little scene here where you know his sister gets a gift from pin further personifying this medical dummy in this family and then she gets this nice music box from pin which has you know plays as a theme later on into the movie too you know what I wish I wish pin could come here and live with us Father wouldn't let him. He's an office dummy. Don't you ever call him that! So there's little moments like that that kind of creep into this movie. Yeah. But then it starts to ramp up. The music up. box is the woman on the pedestal, right? Which is like reflects his sort of like uh, Madonna whore thing he's got going on, right? Putting his... Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, go on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought it was brilliant. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's cool. Is that in the book, that thing, the music box? Was that in the book? I wonder if that was, or if that's a weird Sandy thing. They they talk about the Pinocchio thing in the beginning, actually, during, I think, the birthday party scene. And Mm. then he doesn't like um, that the sister's calling him Pinocchio, so he changes it to Pin. That's during the birthday party. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Um, if I can just talk about the film specifically, like scenes from the actual film, uh, I, I one tension I have with the film was, was I was always wondering, half expecting that a supernatural element would would come in, yeah, and especially that would be the twist where it's like, actually she's now a mannequin, you know, something like that. <laughs> but I like that it was all pretty still grounded yeah. in reality. But my point is the scene where uh, the parents die because the dad's speeding along with the pin in the back yeah. seat. Yeah. And so I did start thinking, oh, like he's a sentient being basically in the back seat. But then I was like, oh, I guess like the father's saying, like, don't worry, honey, 
he's just pop, the the mannequin just pop you know up popped up from like a turn in the road or something. Yeah. And like the sheet fell off him, so that was throwing me off a little bit because I was sort of hoping it wouldn't be getting supernatural and stay grounded in reality. And um, yeah. I just I just I was a little confused by that scene because the the, the dad is saying like uh, all like he's like stressed about time. Maybe you can help me. They tease that a lot in the marketing, right? Like, is he real yeah. or is he not, right? I so, think that's yeah. interesting because that. I, I think that's part of, like, you're supposed to be kind of on that edge the whole time. Okay. That, you know, yeah. you, it, you don't know. Is, is it a supernatural thing? Is it, like, the kid controlling him? And like, But it's you, really not. You talked about magic. And I think that, like, yeah. I, that's why I've always loved magic so much because you, you have the evil doll genre, like the Dead of Night and, right. and all those movies. But then what magic did was like, you really see Anthony Hopkins character descending into like debilitating psychosis. Yeah. It's just insanity. And, and it's just, and it, the, the scene, it's so scary where like he well, can't what's good about, um, to speak to that, that it's, you know, like pulling the rug from under the possibility of a supernatural element yeah. is, you know, he's freaking out. I think the, uh, God damn it, who is it? The woman in bed with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, 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 sorry. No, the, um, the, the woman who lived there, the, the aunt, aunt or whatever. I have that scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh, please. Because I'll just say, yeah. like, what I liked was um, it sets it up that, like, you know, pins in bed and pins rising up to, like, maybe confront her. But then very quickly, you see who's behind pin, and it's just the crazy asshole. You know, and it's like that grounding was always kind of a nice uh, thing. That I wasn't sure the, where the film was going to go. And I liked that it stayed uh, two feet on reality, you know? Yeah, it, it made me like it more. So yeah, like this scene right here. And it's actually one of the more actually effective scary scenes in the movie. Like if you know where a lot of it yeah. is, you know, pretty lifetime. But then you you get this scene that because Pin's so creepy, you know, and that face and then, though, that face right there, rising so in the dark. It's so awesome. Body worlds. And. And obviously, I think the aunt has a heart condition of some kind, so then she has a cardiac episode. Well, that speaks to the Marcus tropes we're talking about. Yeah. Right. Marcus saying, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, I didn't grab my medication. Oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's like in theater. <laughs> it's like Shakespeare's. Totally. Well, it's uh, also always challenging like, when you have a killer dog. It's like, how do you do the How do you kill? Yeah. Like with magic, he beats people with the doll. Uh, and at first you don't really see, so it's hard. It's how do you how do you, no, you have to kill totally. people with heart conditions? Let's see, look yeah. who's right. <laughs> who's and look who's right behind him. Leon. Little, Leon. Little Leon. And 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 Leon, obviously, you know, we're we're sort of seeing um, you know, that's D David Hewlett, who actually I think delivers a performance that's a little too good for this movie. Um and uh he's he's very, very, very believable, I think, in this movie. And he we see him obviously through high school. He's the nerd, you know. He's the total archetypal, just completely sheltered, you know, um, rich kid who can't relate to anybody, and everyone makes fun of him. And his sister uh, is being is sexually active in high school, and that upsets him. No! Very much I mean, so, and that's the. It, see, how could we have? How could we have gone forty minutes in this fucking show and not talked about the need? Nature can't allow that, so she equips each of us with a biological need to join together and create new life, and that is why, just as people get thirsty for water, they get thirsty for sex. 
you have any questions before I continue? Do you ever have a need, Leon? No, I'm not old enough. Can't wait to be old enough. I think I'm really gonna like it. So uh, she has the need, the, the sister has the need, and that really pisses him off. And so he goes in, rips uh, this guy, you know, that uh, is sleeping with his sister in the back of this car out from the back seat, and then kicks him repeatedly in the nuts, which is also just another <laughs> fun scene this movie uh, delivers. But that sort of sets up their dynamic. And then what happens? She gets pregnant from that sexual encounter, and it's one of the most insane progressions of scenes in this movie <laughs> when. Yep. The uh, Leon, it, it, when she confronts Leon that she's pregnant, she's only 15, even though she's probably played by an actress who's like 23. But she's 15 in the story. She's pregnant. She doesn't know what to do. Let's talk to Pin. Leon, I'm coming to you with the biggest problem of my whole life, and you want me to get advice from it. From what? And we have to tell Father, who's a doctor, and then one of the most grisly scenes in the movie, which I'm, or, I'm sure is in the book, is that the father performs the abortion. After all the time you took explaining sex to them, giving them a better start than I had, where does it get me? A Sunday in the office. Which is, again, wrong, twisted, and that's just another thing that just is like... And he asks Leon if he wants to watch. To watch. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and your father to, as a gynecologist, as your gynecologist, and, it and like it doesn't get worse. Right. Going back to what I was saying earlier about good old Sandy Stern and listening to the auto commentary and how he's just completely disregarding these these themes that are very present in the source material of incest and the family, the crazy family dynamics here, is that you know he did see it as this sort of portrait of like what Remy was saying is like you know mental health and schizophrenia and those are the themes that that interested him more so to, to tell this sort of horror film because the book isn't really doesn't play like a horror film really it's you know just like the genres we've been sort of talking about. You know, so he sort of turned it into more of a horror film, especially with the marketing and everything. But we were talking about that time period of like 1988, 1989, and this sort of feeling like a made-for-TV kind of sort of movie. And how like at that time when people were making those types of movies about mental Ill illness, there's a lot of misconceptions in that time period about you know mental illness. And you get oh, these yeah. very paper-thin, two-dimensional depictions of them. And I, I want to use this opportunity to give a shout-out to a movie that's on Tubi. That is also Tubi. another. Uh, uh, we should like, be sponsored by Tubi. Sponsored by we Tubi. should be. Yeah. We're not, but we've not even should kidding. Be. No. Not even kidding either. No. There's a deep cut on Tubi, uh, uh, which is called "The Murder of Innocence," which stars a uh, Valerie Bertinelli, uh, uh, who is, I think, suffering from schizophrenia or something. But again, the scenes in which it depicts, meant, you know, that the, the filmmakers of yeah. this made-for-TV movie depict it as like her like spreading mustard on the walls and like you know putting peanut butter, you know, in their, you know, in you like on that. a toilet seat. No, and I stuff. love that. So, <laughs> if you want to see that type of thing, that's what it is. But that's what we're getting, you know, out Only of on Tubi. Yeah, exactly. Only on Tubi. But that's kind of the what, you know, filmmakers at this time or filmmakers like old Sandy Stern are yeah, you know, know only you yeah. trying to exploit here in this. Right. Um, but even though you have this kind of the tension in this source material, that's so much more fucked up. You know, there's something yeah. in that. So. But anyway. Um, and uh, I don't know, Ramey, you had anything on that? Well, I was going to say there's also just like a, you know, subgenre of kind of like pseudo mental illness, like personal personality disorder, like Sybil, 
you know, these movies Civil where War, right? it became like, you know, this is what happens when people have a split personality and they're dangerous and they go, which is, you know, th that really doesn't happen. But yeah, so he was, I think, very playing on all those tropes. Yeah. Right. Even, so, um, what is it, Seth's, uh, it's, sorry, but I'm just remembering one other thing. This is also the satanic panic period. And that also includes like misdiagnosis in some yeah, ways. Yeah, well, because totally. And like True. psychiatric shenanigans. Is it Seth Speaks? What is that book? Uh, Jay's Journal. It was kind of this fake pseudo like memoir that was about a kid yeah, who was yeah, a Satanist know. who killed himself. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, and it's all bullshit. But yeah, this was definitely the era for that. And it was for young adults. So it was kind of right. like creating this young adult like, like There was this panic about like uh, specifically mentally ill teenagers. Completely. <laughs> you know? You know? Yeah. Uh, back then and so um there was a, a crass marketplace for it but also uh i think parents like bought it hook line and sinker you know yeah like and i think yes yeah, sybil boy that was a very influential one right there you know we went from like the bell jar to sybil you know as far as <laughs> yeah. and it was like a panic it was it's almost like mental yeah. illness exploitation movie you know right yeah uh, it's yeah. like the exploitation you know, yeah <laughs> exploitation yeah. So one of the things we sort of brushed over and, and forgot to mention uh, entirely is the idea that, you know, halfway through the film, uh, we sort of realized that or less than half the way through the movie, we realized that Leon can actually do the ventriloquist gimmick that his dad can do. And so he can speak directly to Pin and his sister realizes that. And it's you can put it that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or, or is like, well, how, how is he doing that and what's going on? And, right. That's yeah. a very complicated thing because, you know, she then slowly understands that there's an issue with him and starts researching schizophrenia at the school library and everything. He really believes that that thing is a person. Doesn't he realize he's using ventriloquism? He's not hurting anyone. Um, and, and it's what's really chilling is after the aunt passes away um, from in that crazy pseudo cardiac murder scene um we start to see pin getting some sick upgrades okay um yeah. and so so um i just i just want to first shout out to my favorite shot in the movie which is probably unintentional but it's very reminds me of rosemary's baby this shot here where we see just look at that that is very scary i know what you mean by rosemary's baby <laughs> you know like bringing bringing pin home you know for the first time yeah that is a and nice then, shot Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's very effective. And then, and he, then of he course, really relishes when Pin is in this mode. Like I think the director's having a lot of fun when he's wearing suits and stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, and it has skin. Some, yeah, then, skin. It has really indelible imagery there. Yeah. But then Pin gets some new skin, um, some new skins, new downloadable skins. So check it out. <laughs> Leatherface. <laughs> and sister introduced to. Oh. Yeah, that's that's like the old Pin. <laughs> that does transcend its it. time and place. Pin, just those shots. And then this cut here, like, okay, here's here's Pin with his new skin. What do you think? And then this just very cold no. Pin at the dinner table shot. Oh, uh, you know, just like this is gonna be great. <laughs> it's so no, I, I I noticed that too. That's like suitable for framing. <laughs> great, like, you could cut. put that. You could put that out of con, or you could base a Radiohead video on that still. <laughs> oh my god, completely. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah, that's like a very a, hip. That's that's a hip image. That's really <laughs> totally. It's or, like in that director or, series DVDs of or, music videos. By the way, I just found out what our moment is. 
which is uh, the um, the rocket video from Herbie Hancock. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. It up. Oh, God, I just okay, okay. Lars, okay, okay. this amazing video. This just reminds me of Lars and the Real Girl for some reason. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people well, make yeah. connections to that. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. I, I also wanted to mention again the Terry O'Quinn thing because I feel like. Sure. The stepfather, we talked about it a little bit, but that stepfather yeah. parallel, I think is really important because the stepfather, I I love that movie, but right. like I, I rewatched it recently and the, the opening is so brutal. There's like that same Laura Ashley, pretty house, yeah. and the, the businessman husband walks out, blood everywhere. And it's that whole 1980s dark side of Reagan America that, you know, the pristine suburbs, the like control and like the perfect life and just kind of like sub subverting that and, and doing this like yeah. what's underneath that and the it's like where blue velvet went too you know like, very like very blue, blue, like blue velvet's yeah. the top shelf of that but it's right. all connected it's all it was a wave for yeah sure, and just that kind of you know like we we have a perfect family and a you know perfect home and a white picket fence and and i think like these movies are kind of a cool like sort of slice of that time period yeah um and the kind of path yeah, the Donna Reed of the 80s. Well, the 80s was the second 50s. You exactly, know what I mean? exactly. Because I think if you look at it in broad strokes, it's like the 40s, the 30s and the 40s were a depression and World War II that like knocked people in fucking teeth, you know? And um, then they went like, can we actually try to figure out a way to be like sane and happy and safe? Yeah. And that's what the 50s is. And then everything went to hell in the 60s in all these different ways. And then they went, can we just have like, like not have 14 year old pregnant girls on LSD. Like, can we actually just like have a nice time? I'm not defending the fifties or the eighties. I'm just <laughs> right. yeah. like, there's a, there's a back and forth. There's a pendulum swing. And so the eighties did its own kind of strange rotting fifties. Right. You know what I mean? Cause then with, mm -hmm. with that came the repression, you know, it was like, we're right. all perfect. We're all happy. Just, and then just under the rugs, everything. Under the rug. And so like this film, like talk about like Freud and bad timing, but it's like this movie right. is like a Freudian nightmare. You know what I mean? It's like these kids who can't really talk about sex in a in a normal way are totally sublimated. Yeah, it's, it's totally it's transgressive. You know? Yeah, it's sublimated. So, well, it's sublimated. in a way, you know, we're talking about like 1980 and, and bad timing. And that is that film is representing what all these people in the 80s wanted to sweep under the rug, like a bold, challenging, dark, like more honest kind of frank right. film, Right. That, you know, like that's a value and like really you know, high protein cinema, you know, and it's, and it's rated X art house. And they're just like, no, 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 no. But like, but like bad timing kept knocking on the door in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. in, in, through the eighties, you know? And so it's It's really interesting stuff, you know? Um, but you, sorry, I was confused. There's some big talking point that we hadn't gotten to yet. Well, so, oh, then sure. So, so, you know, obviously one of the other creepy aspects of pin you know, is the voice right. of Pin. I told you to be careful. I warned you about this person. Now look what's happened. He's turning her against us. You must act, Leon, before we lose her. And, Ooh. um... So true. And, 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 and the it's voice Howie of... Mandel, isn't it? <laughs> not, no? not, not, not really? far off. Um, so Ooh. the voice of Pin is... It, it is weirder, yeah. The voice of Pin... Definitely something that rang in my head for many years seeing this movie. And I never bothered to look, actually, for about a decade, you know, of who was the actual voice of Pin. I'm trying to build this up here. And I sure. remember one day, like, 
trying to just like I remember one day the thought came into my head to try and figure out who this is. I went on IMDb, I looked it up, and I literally my fucking head exploded at who the fucking voice of Pin is because it's the last person on this earth that I ever would have expected. Now, here it is. The voice of Pin is Jonathan Banks. Mike from Breaking Bad is the voice of Pin. And I know you don't watch Breaking Bad, Tom, so the reveal is not... You're speaking Martian to me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, like, it's this guy but, who plays like a hard-boiled cop. And everything he says yeah. sounds exactly like this. And hey, he's that's like, perfect. you're going to go over there, you're going to put the body in the trunk, and you're going to drive home. Wow, that's okay? an amazing impression. That's that. You know, that's how he talks all the time. Holy shit, Marcus. That's, like, uh, right. way too good. Um, okay, so uh, let's uh, let's pull up a picture of Mike for, for Tom here. How about that? Should we do that? Um, Just, uh, all right. I'll go to it later, <laughs> but, uh, but but the big no, but the big thing is that the voice that people are used to from this actor is oh. so unlike. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like uh, it's very strange. It's just just a weird gotcha. connection. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I've never a, seen it's, one second. It's a it's a it's a. I know, and I, I realize that you've never seen it, um, but uh, whatever. It's all right. Yeah, but see, hold on. I just want to get this up here. But anyway, is Ramey? Is there anything else you wanted to get on on this crazy ass? Uh, fucked up movie that uh well i i think you know the the thing about it is it's, it's just it's a lot of fun because it is you know it's so far out it's so crazy and so i think that's you know that's why we love it so much yes oh, that yes, totally. yes. i've seen that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, sorry. I don't, I, i've seen that face i'm only seeing a portion yeah yeah totally. that He's is like, the voice of pin that's weird. So your father only does that because he was worried about your future. <laughs> yeah, it's Marcus. very hard to picture. It's very yeah. Is you're he perfect. always the? Yeah. Is 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 he all the pins? There's two pins. Oh, he's all the pins. He is he's every all. pin. Yeah, he's all the Sick. pins. It's all him. He's the first person to hear my poetry, and he genuinely liked it. Be careful. You know you have a tendency toward blind optimism. I'd love to sit and argue, pin, but um, I'd like to get downstairs if that's okay with you. So that's no, just a, a piece of weird pop culture fuckery. Gonna, also, Evan, should we talk about trivia? The, oh, yeah, Marcus, did you want to trivia? Is no one else going to mention the other piece of trivia? No, go, go for it. Tell us. It Do is. I not know? The Maybe not. But maybe if you're, only if you're an old punk like me, oh, you would yeah, get it. Oh, yeah. That the dad has some problem children of his own. And that he, he is the father of. Anybody else want to take it? He's of three boys. Who went on to be in the Youth Brigade yeah. and oh, yeah, uh, BYO Records? So like, mm -hmm. right? The, the dad, right? This is the uh, the, the director. The, yeah. Um, what? The director Stern. of the movie. Stern. Oh, the director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not the, the dad. dad. Sorry, sorry. Well, he is the dad. Oh, oh. Of okay. The Youth Brigade. Anyway, sorry. But the director. Sorry, is the uh, is the Youth Brigade guy, the boy's dad. So yeah, so that was pretty weird. So. Um, Anyway, if you were an old, it, I had forgot about the Youth Brigade, but I listened to them a lot as a teenager. Yeah. And so I, I went back and I was like, God, I forgot all these songs. I was going to ask you guys if, if, yeah, if you. Yeah, you, yeah. They, they, had, they were big uh, LA kind of band, but um, kind of, you know, I think they kind of like were the stepping stone between that LA, uh, you know, LA punk and like what became a like pop punk right. and stuff. I, I was also going to say, Evan, quickly about the distribution. 
because sure. when when he was making the movie um it was for roger corman's new world pictures Ooh. and then right. by the time it was the movie was done that had dissolved that production company had dissolved and so instead of getting a theatrical production they didn't want to put money into it they just released it on video um and so like that's oh, also so it, it never got like a theatrical release it never played theaters but, but then weirdly they had they had post-production in like san francisco straight to video and then eventually it played at film forum for like a month and what? like and, and in new york which is in so like 1988 or something 99 yeah i guess so in 1989 maybe maybe that's and, when people started taking it more seriously and like then I it got good reviews which is really wow. funny like I was yeah. looking through some of the That's reviews cool. and it was like, oh, this is interesting because at this time it's all about slasher and extreme gore. Mm. And this is actually kind of subtle and interesting right. in a way, a throwback to movies like Magic from 1978, yeah. 10 years earlier, which people like my, my mom and dad love those movies. They raised me on those movies like Magic, you know? And so I think people were liked seeing something that felt a little more subtle and yeah, psychological. So it ended up getting some interesting reviews. It played at an art house theater in San Francisco also. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> I think that's where, like, what I was saying earlier about how it had some ripples. Because, you know, because right. I was fully cognizant of, like, cult movies, is what I'm saying, right then. So, I mean, I heard about it. So it was making waves that distinguish itself from just, like, there's so much straight-to-video slop that we all know and love from back then. Yes. But this film did, I think, go a couple notches up as far as um, respect, you know? And then yeah. we but, uh, rediscovered it. Like our generation theaters. rediscovered it. You know? so yeah, like, I mean, there, there's I a... I it has different lives. Yeah, there, there's definitely like a vibrant uh, cult film, you know, sort of... Like I, I've seen a lot of people in the cult film world on social media have been kind of demanding this get a release because it's not available anywhere. It's not on DVD. It's not on Blu-ray. It's that never been cool. re-released. And and yeah. I even remember I, I actually wanted to show this movie for my birthday <laughs> again one year yeah. at the Alamo when I was oh, uh, wow. when I was uh, here in Brooklyn. I wanted to get a print and everybody wanted to show it at the Alamo. But the problem uh, was that neither of the producers of the movie knew who owned it, and they didn't give a fuck. Of who owned it or not, wow. so just so fell nobody, into limbo. it just fell into limbo. So this movie's Jeez. in total limbo land, and I know that like your your vinegar syndromes or you know other people would right. would, would would jump at the chance Go to release, or, you know, yeah, to to, to totally. release this movie. So we should why don't try we to start a, a why don't we start a company, one <laughs> fucking hour, you know, imprint. And uh, uh, that'll be our first release. Because yeah, oh this my is God. such a great midnight movie. I mean, it does need to be perfect. seen by lots of folks and on yeah. Blu-ray and all treat. Right. You know? And yeah. in a movie theater, like imagine, like if you had done that screening, oh, like, God, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Like, cause yeah, it plays really well. Ziller, it's, I'd love to yeah. see it in a theater, actually. Yeah. Oh, it's man, a handsome it rips. film. It you know? rips. And, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, the, um, the acting is solid. I was like, because uh, a lot of times these films, especially these, this, this period in time we're talking about, can have some pretty bad acting, but um, they were both doing a nice job. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. Like, 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 that helps, is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Discuss this outside. Father did not want him in the house. Outside. I don't have to be reminded about father's attitude, and I think it's rude of you to bring it up in front of Pin. Father's dead. What do you think would happen to Pin if I if I didn't bring him home? He'd probably be locked in some closet or killed. With the little in, time we have left, I, with the little time we have left, I just want to quickly round up the movie because I think what you know, there's a lot we left off on, but you know, with this movie, obviously. 
you know, Leon's sister, Ursula, she starts to date this guy named Stan, who's like a perfect, you know, Canadian doofus. Uh, and um, he, uh, she brings him into the house and obviously uh, has to introduce him to Pin, which is one of the most awkward scenes in the movie. Um, uh, oh, good. Pin likes chocolates. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's the best. I didn't know you liked chocolates until just now. Um, luckily, I brought some with me. Thank you so much for the chocolates. You're welcome. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> that's cool. Right. And then, of course, you know, Leon reads one of his incest fantasy poems. Uh, Dude, to great scene. Unreal yeah, scene. Um, in these lines, he's contemplating rape for the first time. Closer she came to him, moving. It seemed in silent motion. His heart beat steadily within the caverns of his bosom driving hot blood thick down, down into the depths of his loins. And one of the, one of the crazier scenes in the movie. That's a elevated shit. Totally. That's like, that raises the film's bar a bit. Yeah. Totally. And then uh, following that, of course, you know, Leon just, you know, can't stand the fact that she's with Stan. And so he uh, kills Stan or tries to kill Stan. He doesn't actually, he's not successful. Right, tries to right. kill Stan. Um, you know, uh, with pin, you know, the whole sort of gimmick there. Uh, but then, of course, his mind fractures again, and the movie is left with one of the all time great <laughs> ending shots. So do I. When you see the reveal. Of Leon David Hewlett, the actor in Pinskin, is one of the. It's 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 actually very Twilight Zone. Yes, like, and I mean that with respect. Or like EC comic ending. Oh, you're right. Yeah, no, it's yeah. totally EC slash yeah. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like a really classic, healthy, like mid-century ending. You know, <laughs> mid-century horror. No, you're so right. It's 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 both of those types. Like, and that's kind of the film is a charm in that way. It's kind of old school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not like uh, it doesn't have like um post sixties cynicism. It's actually very pure. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, um E C mm -hmm. comics. You know? In yeah. a weird way, it's a happy ending of sorts, which is very strange to say. I'm only saying that because the ending of the book is very unhappy. Late on us. Late on us. What's the ending? Ruin spoil a book. <laughs> okay. Please. That's, everybody's it's doing it's it. Rough. Go ahead, get us banned. Big on TikTok to spoil book. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. It's rough. Go. <clears throat> Yeah, okay. go, yeah, Ursula is forced to have sex with Pin as an adult. Okay. Then she hacks up his body with an axe. Hacks up whose body? Pins. And then she dresses her brother Leon in a suit and says, now you are Pin. And then she puts him in a wheelchair and she becomes his like Victorian nanny mistress wow. and then reads him Pinocchio. And the, yes. ending is him, and the ending is her reading him Pinocchio and be like, Yes, Pin. Then the little boy becomes a blah blah blah. Like, oh, and then it, that's it's. Man, that's better. That is better than the ending. I gotta say, like, somebody needs to remake the book. Let's do it. You know? It's reverse oh, Pinocchio. Yeah, that's what we're it's doing. Like the it's real reverse, boy becomes the the puppet. The real right? boy becomes it's the puppet. Reverse. It's reverse right. Jesus. Yeah. That's right. so fucked. I, I, I know. Well, I well the title makes more sense. The whole Pinocchio, you know, theme. Yeah. It seems like it's more fleshed out in the book. It's wow. like a fucked up Pinocchio. That's what Pin is, the fucked up Pinocchio movie. Yes, yes. it is. It is. Oh, it my is. God. Well, the book is very much so. The book it is. It sounds like so the book is. 
insane. You know, hitting harder than uh, the film. Oh, twenty-fold. <clears throat> remake pin. Let's okay, it. let's get a petition going well, to remake pin. I heard that the director had signed on for a remake, but it was like yes. 2011. That's what all the yeah. other keys were saying. There was, yeah, there was a, a remake, a remake uh, well, but, that was in development, but it never... Sounds never like she might have gotten to turn around, though. No. <laughs> but the same director? I don't know. Well, was then it he the same? Would probably... yes. Yeah, same director. Oh, um, God. Well, then he wouldn't Boo. maybe adapt it closer no. to the book, then. No, no. It, it needs to be like the dog tooth guy. It needs to do... Uh, Need uh, the Rob Zombie. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. oh shut <laughs> up. Don't put that in your words. words here. All right. Edward, <laughs> need to All right. right. Let's end on Rob Zombie. The that end. was one fucking hour on uh, Pin uh, to be determined if that this episode will ever be released. But uh, oh, thank you, everybody, no. uh, for uh, tuning in for my birthday spectacular and this really fucked up movie. Again, if you haven't seen it, you can't find it. Give us a shout out on, on uh, social media, but you got to follow us at least first. Uh, and subscribe to the YouTube channel um, and uh, drop us a comment as well. Uh, thanks so much, uh, guys, for indulging me on this on my birthday show. Um, sure. I found it really informative. I, I didn't. I'm glad I didn't research any of this. It was very. It was just uh, the the revelations were wild. You know, yeah. I appreciate that. You know? <laughs> the book. You know, I had yeah, no it's, idea. It's crazy, and it's the a book fun is movie. Really... Like you said, Evan, it's a fun <clears throat> movie night movie with friends. Like if you want to get together and freak your friends out and just laugh and have a, I, you know, I, it's, it, it's awesome. It's not slow. No cheating. No cheating. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, uh, just just as a sell point, if you're if you were turned off by some of the insanity we talked about earlier, <clears throat> it's just literally you get five people in a room, watch this movie, you know, it rips your face off. It's really, really a good time, even though your jaws are going to be on the floor and, you know, you might not be able to, you know, uh, put them back in their original position afterwards. So it's 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 a it, it's definitely a wild time. So I uh, can't can't recommend it enough. Um all right. Well, should we talk about next week? I mean, we didn't really talk about next week, but oh I think God. I know where we're going, right? I think we know where we're going. I don't yeah. know. Like we, okay, I'm gonna wing it. Around. I'm gonna wing it because I know I I know what you want to do, Marcus. You love this movie. Tom, you love this movie, and uh, we've talked about it so many times. It's, I know, Ramy, you love this movie too. It's one of my favorite movies. It's probably in my top five favorite movies of all time. This actually could be a a, a sort of double bill birthday spectacular, but um, yeah. we're gonna look at. Um, I gotta remember what the year of this film is, but um, this is going back seventy nine. Is it seventy nine? No, seventy six. Guess seventy. <laughs> ah, <laughs> right, because of what we do. Nineteen seventy six. We're going uh, to talk about the film uh, from Jama Fanaka, uh, Emma May. Okay. Oh, cool. Tom. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. You know what? There's only a little psychotic minute. Like elements. In <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Yeah. It's just yes. Like granular level, uh, psychotic males. Right. So but, you know, we're taking a little breather from that. Yes. But this movie is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. Um, it is actually a student film, which is insane. Uh, it's a bizarre fact Jama, about the movie. J- yep. Jama, he did the penitentiary films. Right. Right. Uh, you know, a, Cal- a Los Angeles uh, black filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Also did uh, Welcome Home, Brother Charles, which is another kind of student project earlier in the mid seventies. And uh, yeah, he's great. Really wild, really inventive, and um, yeah, that'd be great. I- I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. So I'm doing MMA. And so beautifully shot, like it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So beautiful. Really cool. Yeah, really ahead of its time in a lot of ways. It just, it's just, it's just incredible. Obviously, some 
genre tones to it that it has in sort of a bank heist scenario, but it's about so much more than that. You know, it's so Do we know if it's it. on any streaming or anything? Is it more available um, than say? <clears throat> <laughs> I, I hope well, it's more available. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It is on on Blu-ray, and I can't recommend the Vinegar Syndrome. Okay, at release least of it's, that. At least there's uh, a Blu-ray because like Pan Again is. Oh, you tough. know what? It's on the Alamo on demand. That's where it's on, but. So, even though that was a thing. I didn't even that, know that was yeah, either. That's what my the internet's telling me. Uh-huh. It's on Alamo On Demand, but it's also on Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is fantastic. Um, but yeah, MMA, Jama Fanaka, 1976. Uh, check it out. Uh, one of my one of my one of my top ten, uh, I think, of all time. So we'll Very definitely cool. get into that next week. Very so all right, everybody. Well, we can't leave you without your moment of Zen. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody that's coming up right after this but um we got to replace that at some point all right and uh no. <laughs> no. all right have a good uh, rest of your week everybody and we'll see you next time bye bye happy bye. birthday thank you and tomorrow we can have chicken and then there's ribs and burgers we'll never have to cook again motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef <laughs> Wicked, man.